On today's show, the Sixers are working to trade James Harden. What happened in Philadelphia? Plus, where will Kyrie Irving land this offseason? We go around the league and play free agent matchmaker. It's a fun one on a Friday here on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Mares. However, you might be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're gonna play free agent matchmakers. Talk about some trades that we could see the most volatile teams. For when free agency begins at 6 p.m. on Friday night, Eastern time. But before we get to that, we've got to get to the surprising news that James Harden will opt into his contract with the intent of working with the 76ers to find a trade. <laughs> Two teams mentioned in these early reports, the Clippers and the Knicks. Adam, what's going on here? What happened between the, the Philadelphia six, uh, 76ers and James Harden? Well, I love your charitable phrasing of that. He's going to be working with the team to find a new home. Like, yeah, he's demanding a trade. <laughs> That's working with a team to find a new home really does sound like it's a, a partnership here. Um, honestly, I, a lot of, I think we saw this coming when the 76ers were atop the standings or near the top of the NBA standings in February and March, but rumors surfaced that James Harden would not mind going back to Houston. I mean, you start to think, man, Sir didn't seem like he cares for whatever it is that they're building towards or what have you. So I'm not too surprised, um, but it does make, it, it's not a thing that was on the front page over the last week, like so many rumors. And now here it is. And it does, just provide that reminder that the day before free agency, there's always curveballs that enter, and this is an enormous curveball. This we knew that when James Harden was using the Houston Rockets as leverage. I mean, there was there was reports, and people really thought that there could be a chance that he could go back to Houston and, and for more money. That max contract took takes less money to go back to Philadelphia last year. On Christmas Day, we get that report from Woj that he might go back to Houston. And immediately we got into now we're monitoring the James Harden situation. Um, what's surprising to me is how he opted in. I thought everybody expected that he was going to opt out and kind of pin Philadelphia and Houston against each other to get the most money possible. And if Houston saddled up the most money, then he'd go back to Houston and just play the rest of his days there being James Harden back in Houston. And if Philadelphia was willing to pay up, then he'd go back to Philly, try to win one with Joel Embiid. It does not sound like Houston was ready to offer that money. And maybe James Harden was always trying to just leverage them. And it was never a realistic destination for him. Or maybe they decided to go in a different direction, Fred Van Vliet or something else. Uh, and Philadelphia, they don't want to pay him, obviously. Right. And so he's going to opt in and they're going to try to trade him instead. It doesn't sound like that money is going to be out there anymore for James Harden, which sounds right to me. Like this is maybe the first, this is like kind of the first time in a long time where there is a superstar. James Harden doesn't play like a superstar. He's a good player, but he's not a superstar. He's a superstar in brand. That's basically it now. But it's really the first time that like a guy of like that stature has been out on the open market in a long time and just like really hasn't gotten the money. It just feels like those guys just kind of get the money lately. And that market's clearly not out there. If the Clippers want him, if the Knicks want him, like I guess, like I don't know what the Knicks deal is. Like what is it? Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, something like that. I I don't know. The Clippers, like what do you make of that? Because yeah. 
some rumors there too of maybe they don't want to be extending Paul George. They don't want to be extending Kawhi. Could it just be a Paul George for James Harden swap? I mean, I guess it could be that. But the situation you're referencing, first of all, he's not exactly young. And I think one of the reasons you thought, okay, he'll probably get some kind of deal done is just because of that. He's not old and you you get the this is the age where everybody gets that five year deal because a team was hamstrung and just knew the end of the deal was going to be ugly. But hey, we got to we got to win now. And Philly is in that position, right? They've been trying to trust the process and get over the hump. And it feels like they're on the doorstep or, or have been on the doorstep. But if you lose him, this is a scenario where you're not just you have to trade now what has become a very quickly a distressed asset, but you have to trade a guy who's going to be on an expiring deal. How much are teams really willing to give up for one year of James Harden? Mm-hmm. You don't know what kind of year that's going to be. So I'm with you. I, I, I think about this. Okay, first, you, you naturally go to who's going to take him. Is it the Clippers or Knicks, as, as have been rumored to be interested? We know Houston maybe was interested at one point in, in turning things around. But if you go to the other side of this, what is Philly going to get back in return that would extend this window that they have with Joel Embiid. I just look at it and I go, there is real disaster potential here where this has ripple effects that go well beyond just James Harden, what happens. It could, if I'm Joel Embiid and whatever comes back does not make me feel confident that I'm not going to embarrass myself in the 2024 NBA playoffs, I might be looking around saying, all right, guys, uh, enough's enough. Joel Embiid is in a very similar situation to Damian Lillard right now, isn't he? Yeah, it's sort for of sure. like, hey, what are you going to do for me? Can we win here? And if not, maybe I'm looking to go somewhere else. The Clippers that make like I, I maybe can understand them getting into business with James Harden for a year because <laughs> you don't really know what you're doing with Kawhi and Paul George after this year either. So you could just be like, all right, last chance. Maybe can you put together like a Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Nick that, Tune uh-huh. type thing? That was reported by Woj, by the way. He he mentioned that exact package. Okay, so. That's cool for the Clippers, I guess. But like like you just said, is Joel Embiid doing backflips because no. he gets to play with Norm Powell now? No. I don't know that James Harden leaving is a huge deal for Jordan uh, for Joel Embiid. Just, I didn't really ever felt like they meshed on the court anyway. They didn't really play together that long. But he is a good – he was a borderline all-star last year. Like what do you – they got to bring something back. Like bringing back Paul George – Maybe that's something Joel Embiid can get excited about. But again, I don't know if you're the Sixers or if you're the Clippers why you're doing something like that. Like, I, it's a, it's a weird situation, man. Can we get reckless on this? Because here's some recu- yes. reckless speculation. You know, maybe th- there's been long rumor of a Dame-Joel Embiid partnership maybe on the horizon. I think most people looked at that and thought, Dame, if he does force his way out, does he want to go to Philly and partner up there with, with uh, Joel Embiid? So maybe there's a Harden swap there. I mean, Portland doesn't want James Harden. That's not where they're at. So that would have to include a third team in some capacity. Is that a Houston? Does Houston, are they tired of this slow rebuild? And they're like, you know what? Maybe we can get two stars. We'll get James and somebody else, and we'll send the young picks to Portland, and they can start a rebuild. Or does this trade, as you mentioned, return something that's a little bit less impressive where the headline of the trade is more the draft picks, and then, yeah, you got Norman Powell, and you got Marcus Marcus Morris. Okay, well, then maybe does that make Embiid expendable? And does that mean Embiid might be looking at Portland going, hey, send me there. They've got Scoot Henderson. They've got other future picks. Like, hey, Portland maybe can re-up behind a Dame-Joel uh, uh, Embiid partnership. Again, I don't have seen a report on that. I don't know that it's on the horizon. But sometimes a variable comes into the fray, and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. Embiid's 29. Yeah. He, he's not sitting around here with, like, time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is it, – it's it's – he needs to be in that championship window now. And I don't know how, what kind of appetite he would have for even a one-year pause on right. that. So 
I think the ripple effects of this are massive. Uh, James Harden is sort of the first domino here, but this I'm with you, man. Like this could, this could become a thing where does Philadelphia just restart this whole thing? Do they just reboot this whole thing? Uh, Nick nurse is in there is their new head coach. We know Daryl Morey isn't afraid to kind of go that route. Uh, Obviously he would prefer to keep Joel Embiid, but I also thought he was going to prefer to keep, he was always the James Harden was his guy and now he doesn't want to pay him. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's not, you say you don't want to pay him. First of all, he's, he's personally awarded him half the money he's made in his career. So this idea of like, it's just, it's just a matter of, yeah, that was his guy. And now he is, James Harden has done this a handful of times already to various teams, right? Where he's, he knows how to play the, he actually knows this playbook as well as anybody not named LeBron James. Right. Mm -hmm. And now he's using the playbook against Daryl Morey, the one guy that's kind of been his biggest champion all these years. So that's an irony to this piece as well. But I just look at it and say, you know, I like Maxi. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's the guy that's your running mate. So I do think for Joel Embiid to go win a title. So I do think you have to bring back just a star player. The idea of just getting pieces to fit around those two, I, that's a tough bet to make, man. It's a really tough bet it's to make for a, a player. Of stars now. We've, we've seen Jimmy Butler, Ben mm-hmm. Simmons early in his career, James Harden. There's been a lot of players that have come through and not exactly worked with Joel Embiid. Who's the player that works mm-hmm. with Joel Embiid? That's, if I'm Philadelphia, that's the thing I'm asking is, what's sort of the archetype? What's the prototype of a player that we need that fits with this guy? And can we go and get that guy? Right. Is that guy even out there? And, and, Obviously, that player has to be a shooter, but I don't. He's played with other good shooters. Like I just, I don't really know who it is. Like, what do you think? Like, what, what, what would you be looking to pair with a guy like? Jordan? Well, earlier you said James Harden wasn't that guy. I kind of think he was. I think they had the number one pick and roll duo, and it was an insane number when they ran pick and rolls together. I like that combo, but obviously, well, it didn't, maybe personality wise, it didn't fit. Maybe the supporting yeah. cast. I think you're more likely for me personally mm-hmm. to say coaching, supporting cast, and to be honest with you, I think even both of those guys. Embiid and Harden, and this sounds like a, you know, an armchair criticism, and it kind of is. But I think both of those guys have never fully realized that they're the problem. And I don't mm-hmm. mean the problem as in you know like a, a giant problem, but it's like no, you had the pieces, you got to get it done now. Now it becomes these intangible things about can you do it? And I think both those guys haven't. So part of this is solving the equation is, yeah, a pick and roll partner for him would be great. They had one in James Harden. You got to find a new one. Is that Damian Lillard, you know, extending the range? And now the court, the paint is open even more because you're setting the screens higher. I don't know. But it, more to the point, it's they've had good teams before and they flamed out a little bit in the playoffs. And I don't know that there's necessarily just the one player that's going to solve that. There's a little bit of looking in the mirror, probably. Can I give you one fake trade that I just thought of before oh, we get to our free agent matchmaker? Yeah. Who says no? Zach Levine for James Harden. Oh man, I mean Philly should, but I—it's interesting. You might as well go and try that. But that's—it's that's, that's, interesting, I guess you could say. But that's not a—I'm I, I, not putting my money down on Philly to win it next year with Zach Levine and Tyrese Maxey as your backcourt. Probably not. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of guards who are a little volatile, coming up, Kyrie Irving wants a meeting with the Phoenix Suns. Is that really a possibility? We'll play free agent matchmakers next here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can up to 25x on any entry. Best part, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. 
PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, PGA, college sports, MMA, and so much more. Entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And PrizePix offers safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix is going to give you $100. If you uh, deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. All right, so it's called Free Agent Matchmaker. Current free agents has to be realistic for cap purposes, but not necessarily probable. Not This isn't predictions, right? It's just you and me playing the hand of the basketball gods. All right, Adam, that's all we're doing here. Um, I want to start with Kyrie Irving because Chris Haynes of TNT reported on Thursday that he's expected Kyrie to meet with the Suns when free agency begins, what do you make of this? <laughs> the Suns are, have three max guys. They've mm-hmm. only got like six guys on their roster currently. Kyrie is going to be a expensive guy. Like I have no idea what to make of it. I'm not sure Ishbia really understands the CBA. I don't think he understands the salary cap. I think he's just going for it. I don't think he it. understands how basketball works. <laughs> Might not general. even understand that. Um, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, they've, I've seen rumors about them with Carl Anthony Towns, you know, attached as well. And you, so you start to look at that and go, I, I'm not sure. Um, from a basketball standpoint, Bradley Beal felt a little redundant to what they had already had. Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal is like hyper redundant to what they already had. So part of me looks, I mean, it does create, okay, good shooters, spot up shooters, but who's the guy that turns into just a spot up shooter? Is it, they just take turns doing that? I don't know. So to me, unrealistic from a logical standpoint, from a CBA standpoint, then even a basketball fit, I look at that and I go, man, are they just trying to build the most unlikable team? <laughs> Immediately, as soon as these reports happen, we get to see, we see like the clutch point style memes and stuff yeah. of like, the, the Kyrie and the fake jerseys, like, and who's stopping them, yeah, right? Who's, who's stopping, stopping this team? And it's Kyrie Irving, Devin Booker, uh, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. And it's just like, like to your the CBA. The CBA <laughs> the is CBA. stopping that. And also, we just saw Kyrie and Kevin Durant play together. It didn't yeah. exactly work out, right? right. So um, this, to me, is ridiculous. And there is zero chance that... I, I, to me, what doesn't make sense here, you mentioned the playbook before, like the, the James Harden playbook, trying to get more money. This is not uh, this is not the playbook, man. Kyrie, like if if Kyrie is trying to get more money, this ain't the way to do it. The Suns don't have any cap space. Yeah. If you're trying to use the Phoenix Suns as leverage because you have a pre-existing relationship with Kevin Durant, because the Suns are clearly desperate for any and all all-stars who are willing to play for them, this is not like this doesn't scare the Dallas Mavericks because the Suns don't have cap space. The Mavericks are the only team that can, if you really wanted to you to, to play the leverage game, you would play the Houston Rockets against the Dallas Mavericks. And by the way, that was in Chris Haynes report that he might also take a meeting with the Houston Rockets. That makes sense from Kyrie Irving. If you're trying to find a team to use as leverage, but I, it's just so funny, man. We see point guards like last year, Jalen Brunson uh, using the Miami heat as leverage. And then the Heat being like, and a report coming out, Jalen Brunson is planning to meet with the Miami Heat. 
uh, right before making a commitment to the New York Knicks. And the Heat come out and they're like, no, we're not. That meeting's not going to happen. <laughs> Jalen Brunson's like, I already made reservations at Prime 112. What are you talking about? And the right. Heat are like, we're not interested. No, thanks. Right. Like, I do wonder if the Phoenix Suns know about this meeting, in other words, Adam. Like, I, I have a feeling they didn't, they didn't know about this meeting. Well, also, when you say this is what's interesting about the Phoenix Suns organization right now and this new ownership, when you say they're meeting with the Phoenix Suns, who, who are we talking about? James Jones? Is he, is he, is it, uh, is it Thomas? Is it Kevin Durant? Like who, who is the, who is the meeting? Cause I honestly, if you told, if, if, if that leaked, Adam, it's it the sun con- itself. It's this yeah, Kyrie Irving itself, we're talking yeah. about. It's just the sun itself. <laughs> the sun God. You know what? I'm not really it out. Um, and, and honestly, it could just be a thing where it's like, yeah, Kyrie's and Katie are going to sit down and have dinner together to talk about teaming up or this or that. And it's like, yeah, but they don't realize it's not possible or what right. have you. So I don't know, man. Uh, to me, there are teams that constantly find themselves in the news and the Suns ownership is new, but man, have they been in the news a lot? And I think it's something you probably learn as a new owner yep. over time. It's like, maybe it's not good to be in the news over everything. And this is one that's not going to happen. So why are we, why are we tied to this again? Why are we even talking about it? Let's play free agent matchmaker. All right. Kyrie Irving is a free agent. Mm. I try to get creative with this one, Adam, not Phoenix. Cause it's not possible from a free agent standpoint. I don't think he's taking the minimum. I think he's out for the money, but like, what if, what if Milwaukee called and offered Dallas some sort of sign and trade situation? Mm. Kyrie Irving and his shooting next to Giannis give that offense in the half court a little bit more pop. I don't know. I kind of like it. What do you think? I mean, who's who's going out the door? I mean, that's a complete identity change. Is that I mean, this Middleton. is a big trade, a major sign and trade? Like, what are we? It's like a Chris Middleton for Kyrie Irving double Man. sign and trade super swap. I don't know. Um, here's what I'll say about that. I'm Milwaukee is my team that I'm worried about. Because they're really good if everything goes right and everybody's happy and everybody can you know kind of run it back. But there's it does feel also like when sometimes when an era ends, meaning a team, a group of continuity ends, sometimes it's abrupt. And I look at that one, you hear about the Middleton rumors, you hear about Brooke Lopez, is he coming back? Does he want to move on and go somewhere else? You look at that and go, Man, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing kind of got out of control. And then so if you look at that swap, if you asked me that a year ago, I'd be like, heck no, man, what are you talking about? That's in supreme volatility. But I look at Milwaukee and think there's already volatility there. You got a new coach, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a whole new culture. In theory, I'm not one of these guys that just hates Kyrie. I actually love watching Kyrie play. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I think the talent Great. and the impact he has when he has a star like a Giannis alongside him is immense. But can he really survive? You know, can that team really handle the Kyrie experience? And I'm not just saying this to be incendiary. No team has survived the Kyrie experience since 2018. So it's yeah. not like we're just talking crazy here. This or 2016, sorry, 2016. Every team has suffered from the Kyrie experience since then. So um, I, I don't hate it, but only I don't hate it because I could see things from Milwaukee going so south that you have to kind of throw a Hail Mary. I think they have the infrastructure too. I know you mentioned like the new coach and stuff, but Giannis is there, man. That dude is a statue. And Drew Holiday is there. And general management is there. It just feels like they know what they're doing. And even if you were to swap out like a Middleton for Kyrie, I don't know if it was, I'm with you. Like it hasn't, like it's been more than half a decade since it's worked, since Kyrie has had a good year, like just a good year, like a year in which he didn't completely implode an entire season with an injury or something off the court. You're giving on the court, man. It's a perfect combo. You're giving a rookie head coach, Kyrie Irving and Giannis who couldn't at any moment opt out. That's just yeah. I know a head a first time head coaches have to take whatever job they can get, but can you? I, that's almost cruel to say. Do you, hey, have, man. A, do you have another 
destination for Kyrie that you'd play if you're playing hand of basketball god matchmaking free agency? Just put him back in Dallas. <laughs> no, could he be a Philadelphia replacement? I mean, again, it feels like he's already played there. Why is it? What's that? It already feels like he played there. It does feel like he's already been there somehow. (laughs) I mean, again, to me, Kyrie is the player that you take when you're the most desperate, when everything's about to blow up on you, because Mm -hmm. he is talented enough for you to talk yourself into it, but not talented enough that you do that when things are stable. So to me, what about Houston? They've got the cap space. They're (laughs) not giving it to James Harden. (laughs) What are you building there? I mean, is he the guy that comes in and mentors all the young players who have questionable shot selection? Is that, is that his job? He teaches them, hey, man, we, we move All right, one ball. more. Let's let's do a different Houston one. Fred Van Vliet been mentioned. Yeah. He's the odds-on favorite to sign with Houston. I got to be honest. I don't love it. I don't yeah. love Fred Van Vliet for the Rockets. I don't really know what they're doing. They're going to they're gonna spend all their money on Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and Kyle Kuzma? Like, what are you doing? I don't really understand the goal there. So here's one for Fred Van Vliet that I like better. What about Brooklyn? Where you get him in a sign and trade, just send Joe Harrison a pick to Toronto. That's something. Mm, Joe okay. Harris is on an expiring. Whatever. They get a pick out of it. Fred Van Vliet's walking anyway in this scenario. And if you're Brooklyn, you get a guy who's pretty good. Fred Van Vliet, you could set the table for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson if you're bringing him back and Nick Claxton. More in that age range. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet, 29 years old. To me, he's just too old for Houston. But I think that makes more sense in a team for like Brooklyn. So that's my free agent matchmaker. Fred Van Vliet to the Brooklyn Nets. So it's interesting. I, I think that Brooklyn is that team that is like maybe only one or two moves away because they have a lot of pieces that I really mm-hmm. like. Fred Van Fleet, man, that one's tough. It may, You know what? It might work. It actually might work with the way they have so many shooters, so much spacing. I do think that that one could work. I don't know that that's like, um, if you're Brooklyn, are you super fired up about that? No. Does it make you better? Absolutely. So I, I could see it. You don't want to get fired up anymore if you're the Brooklyn Nets. You, got, you, <laughs> you so just true. got fired up. It didn't work out. Just, just stay even keel. Um, I've got, I've got a few more. But do you want to go? Do you have anything on off the top of your head? I don't, I don't have anything off the top of my right. head. Of the perfect, perfect matchmakers. Dylan Brooks, again. <laughs> Tough I don't want the Rockets to get anybody. That's my theme here. Okay, you I'm sending them the this... Rockets. No, I just, just stay young. I like what you're doing. Just stay young. You don't need to bring on all these guys for no reason. Just don't, don't like extend. Don't hurry. You don't need to be in a hurry. I know you got a ton of cap space. They got to use it on something, but whatever. Okay. Dylan Brooks to the Sacramento Kings. The Kings want Draymond Green. They're not going to get Draymond Green. If you need to just lift your defense real quick, Dylan Brooks could do that. Two-time all-defensive team guy. I think if you put him on the Kings where you've got Sabonis and you've got De'Aaron Fox, and he's just playing off that two-man game. They've always got shooting with Herter and Monk and Murray and all these guys. I don't know. I like the fit there. He could slot in on the wing. Him and him and Murray can be interchangeable forwards, and he just raises their floor defensively. He's kind of that guy. If they can't get Draymond Green, he's like the next best thing. And they've got tons of cap space. So do you do this thing that I do, which is I put teams in like categories – the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, and the Kings, for some reason, feel like Saint, the same team to me. You know, like they feel similar. <laughs> They're in the same corner of my brain and the way right. I think about them. So sending them from Memphis to Sacramento, right when Sacra- Sacramento just stopped being Sacramento, they just, you know, they became the Kings. They became greater right. than the, the the weight. To give them Dylan Brooks just feels like a curse. You know, that feels <laughs> like a like, hey, man, no, you have to go back to the Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans zone. You have to go back down to there. The teams that always have promise, but always comes up, it always blows up on you. 
Um, I like the pick. Um, and if anybody's <laughs> going to get through him, it's it's Mike Brown. He's a non B. He's a no BS coach, and I think he could kind of corral the the extra. Such a good vibe there in Sacramento, man. And I, Dylan Brooks. I think I like Dylan Brooks. I'm still, I know. I'm, he, he, I'm he still might be pro a Dylan Brooks project. Man. Yeah. Um, I got one more for you, and then we'll move on. Kyle Kuzma. Okay. Again, I don't like the Houston thing. I don't think he should go back to the Wizards because, like, I just don't. How many stars can the Wizards have between Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole? It's only one basketball. You know what I mean? So right. I don't think it'll work there. Okay. Um, I want to send him to Memphis. I want to send Kyle Kuzma to Memphis. He could play the small forward spot for him. And then when they move Jaron Jackson down to the five, he could play the four. I just think it makes sense. I think it works. He's a guy that will take shots. And when you're without John Morant for 25 games, I think you need guys who can, who can get some buckets for you. I'm going to send Kyle Kuzma to Memphis. All right, that makes Memphis the Pelicans in my mind. And we already determined that Brooks makes the Kings the Grizzlies. So does that make the Pelicans the Kings? Just even though they don't do anything, right. does somehow they become this year's Kings and they're the team that emerges Best from the Best case bottom? scenario. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's Best how I case. feel about that one. All right, coming up, we count down the five most volatile teams of the offseason. That's here on Locked On NBA. Today's episode of Lockdown NBA is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fastest, easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, back here, locked on NBA. Thanks for making locked on NBA your first listen every day. All right, Adam, it's that time again. It's time for the weekend, which means we are counting down to the weekend here on a Friday. What do you got for us this week? Most volatile teams, teams that can have the biggest swing to where all really. You know, they're going to fly up the power rankings or they're going to fly down the power rankings based on what happens here in the next week, maybe two weeks, if there's a little tail on this where there's some lingering trades or what have you, but likely in the next week. And I'm starting, it's a lot of the teams we've talked about, honestly, but we can go a little bit more in depth about their volatility. First off, my number five team on here is the Phoenix Suns. Mm. So interesting. They've got a big three. They've got DeAndre Ayton, if you want to call him a big four, but they might trade him and they don't have a ton of depth. However, it is Phoenix, a place people like to live. NBA players like to live, especially during the season. It's warm. It's, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, good nightlife. I'm curious to see if they get like one or two surprising veteran players added to the roster. You start to look around and go, okay, right now they have a lot of overlap. There's a lot of stars, but do they have the role players to get it done? If they have a bad upcoming week, I just might look at that team and think, that's going to be kind of like Brooklyn 2.0. It, 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 has, it might not be as good as it should be because of the overlapping talents. 
But if they get the right role players around them, if they start filling out the roster with some guys where you go, oh, man, that's a nice fit right there. They got guys that are going to do all the dirty work. Then you're going to look at Phoenix and say, okay, that team is now more complete. So for me, I don't think they're a shoe in to be a great team next year. Like, okay, top three, four team in the NBA. But it's also possible that they're the heavy favorite. So I think this is a big week for is this a real team? Or they could just go get Kyrie Irving instead of role <laughs> players. Screw that. Um, they're going to be interesting to watch this offseason because every time they sign anybody, we get to immediately do the how does this player work with Kevin Durant, Devin right. Booker, Bradley Beal, and DeAndre Ayton. I don't – if I'm them, I'm not rushing to trade DeAndre Ayton. I would at least just see what happens there. Like there's no rush. Like you can always trade him by the deadline. I don't know why there's like – this whole thing about, yeah, we're going to trade him for Tim Hardaway. It's like, just relax. Well, I mean, there was, you know, he's not been the most popular guy with that group sure, over the last few it. years. And I there's a question I... too, was that Monty Williams? Was that Chris mm-hmm. Paul? Was it both of them? Or was it everybody? They just were the loudest. I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. the reason why would you trade him? Sometimes guys just don't like a guy. <laughs> the Suns are volatile though, in the same way that the New York Mets were volatile, volatile this year in Major League Baseball. Stephen Cohen, their new owner, the Mets' new owner, came in, spent a ton of money, highest payroll in, in Major League Baseball, and all, and the Mets have been very disappointing right now. And already there's talk about maybe him blowing it up at the trade deadline. That seems, like, in terms of volatility, it does not get more volatile than that. Pay the most for a team, and then <laughs> if it doesn't succeed, blow it up by the trade deadline. And it kind of feels like there's something similar going around on with Matt Ishbia. And the Suns, he's just, okay, we're going to blow through the second luxury tax apron. We don't care about the money. We're going to have the highest payroll in the NBA. And if they don't, if they're not like just world beaters by the time the trade, the trade deadline comes around, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what Matt Ishbia is thinking here, but is it possible that he starts selling off those parts? Yeah. Right. Like, and I, it is, it is a volatile situation there because the standard is just so high when you spend that kind of money. Uh, number four. Number four for me, the Dallas Mavericks. This team is a team that I think has almost more to climb, although they do have the thing to lose in that Luka missed the playoffs last year. You don't want that to happen two years in a row for a young player. I mean, players get more and more disgruntled earlier in their careers now, and you never know if that could happen with Kyrie if there's a bad team. And at the moment, they don't have a lot of pieces, but they are connected to a lot of guys. There's a lot of rumors of different players that could wind up there. I've even seen a Carl Anthony Towns rumor about maybe he's a guy that – can be uh, going there. Bruce Brown, who helped Denver win a championship as, the, as a very important six man, is reported today from Tim McMahon. He's going to be meeting with them as soon as free agency opens. Wes, he did not meet beforehand. There's been no talks or anything. So we got to wait until free agency yeah. opens. They'll, they'll, they'll negotiate it. They'll play by the rules for sure. So Dallas is another one of those teams where a year ago they were in the conference finals as a surprise team. Last year they missed the playoffs. So they have a volatility baked in just naturally, but this this will be a big week for them as well. They are the definition of volatility for all the reasons that you mm-hmm. just laid out, plus the whole Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, next. The Golden State Warriors. Now, this one's like mm-hmm. a high-profile one, but do we know what Draymond Green's doing? Do we know if we is the team... We, th- we might think, but do we know? We and could we be surprised that if Draymond Green, something happens where he ends up somewhere else... And even if he doesn't, how do they fill out the rest of that roster? Is it just running it back with the guys that they've already had as role players? Are they going to try to take a swing? Is it possible that they would move on from a player like a Clay Thompson? Is that it seems so uh, so, so like impossible? But if I just told you, hey, logically, would it make sense? You say, well, yeah, logically, it would make sense for them to consider that. You just brought in Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Do you need is is Clay a small forward now? 
So I think that you look at that roster and say, I, they might be boring and I will miss the mark on putting them in the top five. But there's also a chance that things change in a way that they haven't for 10 years there. They've had basically the same core three guys for 10 years. If that's no longer the case next week, that would be a huge volatile shakeup. You nailed it. Draymond is sort of the first domino, right? There's teams with cap space out there. If some team just comes out and you're like, you know what? 30 million a year for Draymond. Right. Screw it. And he's like, and Draymond's is like, I got to take this. You know, right. it, it just, it could happen. And then next thing you know, if you're the Warriors, you might be looking around and you're like, what, then what are we doing? And then maybe you do at that point, trade a Clay Thompson. Maybe at that point you do just say, Hey, we kind of brought Chris Paul in to be here with Clay and Draymond and just be a super high basketball IQ veteran team. Now we don't really need him. Let's just trade Chris Paul. Let's turn around and just trade him for the third time this offseason. Like a lot of things can happen. The other way it can happen too, where Draymond comes back and then they start moving guys like Jonathan Kaminga. Maybe yeah. I, I think they like Kaminga. I think they want to try to hold on to one of these young guys. They've already lost Jordan Poole and James Wiseman, but uh, you're right. It could be incredibly boring. It could just bring back Draymond and then, hey, this is the team. Cool. A couple minimum salaries. Boom. Fill out the roster. You're done. Or we could see other things. I guess that's also the definition of volatility. Uh, number two. Number two, the Portland Trailblazers. There it is. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Dame, very loyal, wants to be loyal. But he can only wait so long before mm-hmm. his loyalty is tested. But he is loyal, Wes. He is loyal. He does want to stay. But Super loyal. But, but if they don't go all in, he is willing to be traded. But he's not asking for a trade, Wes. No. He's not asking for a trade. But but if they don't make the team, he, he might ask for one in the future. <laughs> I love the statement that we got from Joe, uh, Joe Cronin, the general manager of the Blazers, saying that they are going to work with Damian Lillard to try to fill out the roster and make it competitive. And we got nothing from Damian Lillard. Radio silence from Damian Lillard. No statement from Damian Lillard. Um, incredibly volatile. This is a team that can either have Damian Lillard, one of the best 13, 14 players in the NBA, or not. Right? Yeah. It's kind of going in that direction. The only reason I would say it's probably not volatile is because I think we all sort of have a good feeling about where this is going anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but even if it does go the direction where Damian Lillard leaves, there's still a lot of questions to be answered there. Like, what kind of team do they want to build around Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp? You know, like, that's a team that, that could have a lot of other new decisions to make on the heels of a Damian Lillard decision, potentially. Yeah. So, Blazers deserve the spot here. Number one. And then... Number one most volatile team. It happened today. Come on, let's not kid ourselves. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. You told me there's a world in which... Congrats, Philadelphia. (laughs) You are the most volatile team heading into free agency. Um, If you were to tell me that... First of all, Daryl Morey has had players demand trades, and he's waited longer than anyone. He's a very patient man. He is not going to... He will not blink if he... You know, hey, we tried, man. You suck it up. You're in camp in the fall. We're doing this. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded for a great player. I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded for a series of role players. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded for draft picks and then also traded Joel Embiid if that team is on a full-on rebuild. Everything seems on the table for them. That's the definition of volatility. Can they wind up a week from now if we power-ranked most likely to win the title and we say, man, this is a top three team? Absolutely. The right trade, Damian Lillard or something that maybe we haven't even discussed yet? Absolutely. Could they also wind up as the the leader for for the uh, uh, for the lottery or the tankathon sweepstakes by ne- in the next week? Absolutely. So, this is a team that at the moment just feels like they're um, in disarray. And while I don't expect it to get so bad that Joel Embiid demands a trade, it's at least on the table. 
if I was a Philly fan, I would at least feel like, hey, man, this can go really south in a way that the big fella might say, like, I'm not wasting my apex prime, yeah. you know, on a team I don't believe in. Like I said, they're they're under as much pressure as the Trailblazers are with Damian Lillard, if not more, because you kind of feel like Portland's already made their decision by taking Scoot Anderson. Like, Philly, this yeah. is huge. Even before the James Harden news, Tobias Harris mentioned in trade rumors, right? Like, they're, they they were, they were already kind of under the gun to rebuild around Harden and Embiid, and now right. it's just trying to retool this roster around Joel Embiid. Uh, P.J. Tucker, who loved in that locker room, I don't know how impactful he ultimately was, but he was a good player for them last year. Um, he went to Philly because he wanted to play with James Harden, right? And so that seems like he could be on his way out too. So you could be looking at a completely new – kind of roster around Joel Embiid or a new roster without Joel Embiid. Like it's like you said, everything is on the table. Craziness happening in Philadelphia. I feel like if we were to do this going into every season, Adam, we could actually do this like every month, almost like, <laughs> for like the last five years. And the Sixers would be in the top five somewhere on some sort of sliding scale of volatility. For sure. For sure, man. Um, I am both excited for free agency and already annoyed by it. <laughs> That's basketball. This is what man. happens That's... when you win the championship, Wes. You, everything, you know, my Nuggets win, and now I, all this stuff seems so arbitrary. All these rumored trades. Give me one. Stuff. Give me one minimum free agent that you want to see the Nuggets sign. <laughs> Bruce Brown. I bet he's not a minimum free agent. It's just like Denver. Denver is, is especially boring this year. What's that? Is there a chance, Brucey? Of course, Brucey B. B, B man. Of course, there's there's a chance he comes back. You know, if if Denver had the under-the-table illegal, hey, sign the one year, do the Bobby Porter, sign the one year, and then next year we'll give the big uh, extension, it would, over the course of four years, only be a $1 million difference from him signing it now. So it's really just a one-year risk, which is an admittedly enormous risk, right? You can either guarantee your money now or guarantee it a year from now if everything falls the way you anticipate. So there's always a chance. And on top of that, Bruce Brown came from Brooklyn playing with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Big city, big market. He hated it. <laughs> he hated it. He came to Denver with a team where he loved playing in a market where nobody bothered him, and he loved it. So, of Every course, mustache. there's a chance that he could be like, you know what, I'll bet on myself for a year and be in the place where I just want to play. Selfishly, I hope he goes back to Denver, but also can't blame a guy for taking the money either. Don't so. go to Dallas, man. Don't go to Dallas. Just don't go to the Lakers. That's the one that I would be like, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, no. All right. Thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure that you're subscribed to the show. It'll be back on Monday with the biggest stories from the NBA weekend. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Heat and Adam over in Locked on Nuggets. Adam, have a great weekend. You as well.